Today on Locked On Red Wings, we try and figure out what the Red Wings special teams is going to look like. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, we got a little couple minor news and notes for you guys heading into this Tuesday episode. Locked On Red Wings, we skipped Monday. We got to do four a week this week. Then we're down to three a week until the offseason ends and preseason and whatnot begins. Um we're going to go over those news and notes, and then we're also just going to kind of pre- try and do our best to figure out what the special teams might look like. But, Scotty, like everything, right? It's going to be <laughs> trial and error in reality as well. Certainly. But we're just going to have some fun and see what we can do because it's off season, So there's not much really to break down at this point. Uh, at some point, we're going to start doing player previews, Atlantic Division outlooks, stuff like that. But it's going to be a lot of previews coming up. Uh, because we're at that point in the offseason, and we're going to start off with our special teams because we did the starting night lineup last week. Well, first, Scotty, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm all right. You know, I just got back from Traverse City. There was, had a wedding out there this past weekend, which is why we didn't record Sunday night from Monday as I just three and a half hour drive back, and I just wanted to lay on the couch and sleep when we got back. So it's pretty <laughs> I don't much blame you. what I did <laughs> most of Sunday evening. Um, but here we are ready to go again. It's early on the afternoon on Monday because I was smart and took Monday off to recuperate and, uh, yeah, let's, let's head, hit it, man. We can just head right into it. Uh, first things first, go over these news and notes for you guys. Jared McIsaac signed a one year contract extension with the Detroit Red Wings, a two way contract, 780, $787,500 at the NHL level. And seventy thousand dollars in the minors. Uh, again, two-way contract just for one added year. As it comes with a qualifying offer in the offseason of eight hundred twenty-six thousand. Um, this is a depth signing for the Detroit Red Wings. And, you know, Jared McIsaac was taken in the second round back in twenty eighteen. He, you know, had a thinks. You know, people thought he could be a bona fide NHL talent. I think there is still a pathway there for him, but he had, I think, back-to-back shoulder surgeries. And it just really has derailed his development. So there's a lot of talent there with Jared McIsaac still. But, you know, being healthy and proving it is going to be the biggest thing for him, which is why I think he got that contract extension. Just an extra year to be like, hey, get healthy. He played 61 games last year. He had 22 points in that, 70 games the year before, 24 points. He just needs to be able to stay healthy and prove that he can, you know, get there to the NHL level. But that's really all there is to this uh, signing. Yeah, I mean, when you're – when you're trying to maintain organizational depth, this is the, the these are the kind of people you you keep, right? Like at one point, highly not like you know a plus touted, but like a, a relatively highly touted prospect at one point. Um, and yeah, that those are the guys that you you hang on to when you're trying to, like I said, maintain depth is really the the biggest way to put it. Like. You're uh, you improved your depth so much at the NHL level, and obviously that continues through the organization is is how the best organizations are run. So yeah, like I mean, we'll see what he does. You know, him individually, like you said, it's a lot about uh, staying on the ice. But I mean, even when he's been on the ice, it, it probably hasn't been the production that um, you know a lot of people maybe 
thought on on draft night or a year removed from draft night. But yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. This is probably uh, close to like a you know last contract, like approve it. I guess like the last like, as far as it. NHL deals go. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of talent and, you know, he did stay pretty healthy the last two years, 70 games and 61 games played. The the surgeries came earlier in his career, but like I said, it derailed it. A lot of talent there. Um, it's just, again, about trying to remain healthy. And that, like I said, that's all there really is to it with Jared McIsaac. Um, the other guy they signed, Wyatt Newpower, same deal, same contract, one year, $787,500 at the NHL level. $70,000 at the minor league level. This is an undrafted guy uh, that the Red Wings have extended. I think I mentioned him on an episode the other day. You know, his worth comes as him being a right-handed defenseman. That's six foot three. Right. But he's so far down the depth chart. He's basically just like, he he is a really good AHL defenseman at this point. Um, the NHL contract means if injuries happen, you know, you might see him get a couple minutes somewhere down the line but hopefully the depth doesn't get decimated that much that you need to resort to, you know, Wyatt new power, not the, you know, not trying to <laughs> say anything bad about him as a player, but he is no, that would just being be, signed yeah, that as an would AHL just be way down the line yeah. on, on what the opening night plan would be. Right. Like that would be, that would be way down the line, but yeah, again, like organizational depth doesn't stop at, you know, lines two, three, you know, pairings two and three, like that's a, that's an organizational all across things. So Griffins need players too. Yep. So that's really all there is about uh, those two signings. I just felt like because they were signings, you had to go over them. But from there, Scotty, we can get into the power play and penalty kill uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. And once again, we're going to go to cap friendly. They have that awesome tool where you can create your own lines. Scotty, you want to start with power play or penalty kill? Uh, let's do the power play, man. Let's do the power play. Let's do that power play. Let me see if I can zoom in just a little bit more for the people who are watching on YouTube. That's probably a little bit too much. Cut off the special teams altogether. Um, all right. I mean, there are some things that are really easy to pick out with the power plays and some things that are really hard. Yeah. Like, for instance, I think that Moritz Sider on power play one makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're grooming him to be your all around best defenseman. You get him the best minutes possible on power play one. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. So you put him on power play one. Um, who else do you see on power play one, Scotty? I mean, I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe that Debrinket isn't going to get power play opportunities. <laughs> so I was thinking the same thing. Um, that he, he's got to be your power play one, like finisher, right? I mean, that's what his right. job is, is to be the goal scorer, to be the finisher. And if you think about it too, so like a lot of power plays that are being run, and I believe the Red Wings are running it this way too. Uh, you have four forwards on the ice and one defenseman because you have two forwards on the wing, one in the middle and one in front of the net. Cider being a right-handed defenseman is going to be able to feed the Brinkett on the left wing as a right-handed shot a lot better than like a left-handed defenseman. So you're thinking about that chemistry as well, being able to line him up for that one-timer. And I just think that that's going to, I mean, to bring it just as your finisher, that just is a no-brainer. And then having Sider on the point to feed him with Sider's ability to feed players is, right. is just a no-doubt, no-brainer in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, and just for the, also just the sake of, 
you want your best goal scorer to be on the ice as often as possible, especially with a man advantage. Like, I, yeah. I think that's, you know, if you just want to be like super in layman's terms about it, like I think you just want your your best goal score out there as much as possible. Yeah, and I think center here is pretty easy too. Now your center is going to be your, what do they call it, the bumper in bumper, the middle, yeah. the guy that's uh, in the center of the ice just trying to draw defenders away and, you know, keep the puck moving from side to side, wing to wing. Um, I mean, it's got to be go back to the captain, right? Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Yeah. Don't see why I wouldn't. He was a pretty effective bumper this last year. I mean, he's just the best all around player that you have on the team. You want to put him in the position to do have the most impact, which is that bumper position. Yeah. Agreed. See, and this is where Scotty, in my opinion, it gets a little tricky because sure. I'm not really sure this is where losing Dominic Kubli kind of stinks. Cause he was great on that opposite wing yeah. for that one timer. I'm not really sure who to put on the right wing. Um, and I'm not really sure who to put as the net front presence on the power play either. I, this is where I really want to hear what you're thinking, because this is where I struggle. Well, I, I bounce around a lot. I mean, I, I feel like, I, I mean, like there, I think there's a chance that you can just go to Raymond and like give him that opportunity. But like when you're looking at the players that the wings brought in, like they brought in players to address that. It's just a matter of whether they are like power play one guys, or if they brought them in more to like sure up the second unit, like Sprong is an example, like Sprong as, as when I mean, we talked about it, when we did like the, you know, like breakdown on him, whatever that was last week, two weeks ago now, like that's a guy that, uh, has last season got pretty darn good production out of the power play and is a shooter and kind of brings that like Kubelik-esque play style that now they obviously got rid of. I, I think that he would be like a like a high floor, low ceiling type of like player to just throw up there. But uh, I, I don't know. I, it, I go back and forth a lot just because they, they do have more options now, which is a good problem to have. Uh, and I just, I don't know whether... They are wanting to just sure up again, like more of the second unit or whether they're just going to say like, we're just going to try and, and that's probably going to be a revolving door. Like we've talked about with a lot of other positions, like this is probably going to be something that with these two positions left on power play, especially like are probably going to be tried out by a few different people. Yeah. I I got a couple thoughts too, and I'm going to give them to you, but first I got to talk to the people today about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to the, going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet than FanDuel. Uh, for the MLB, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Yeah, Scotty, I agree with you um, that when it comes to power play one on the right side, there it's like I would put Sprung probably on power play two, if anything. Um, I agree that Lucas Raymond could be a, a viable option, but let me throw this out here too for you. Jonathan Berggren as a power play option as well. 
Now, I, I have down in my head already who I want on the left side on power play too, but Jonathan Bergeron proved last year that he can he is that type of playmaker that can make everyone on the team better. And it's a gamble and kind of a bold take to put a guy who in limited minutes, limited ice time, you know, played pretty well last year at some points earning top six minutes and immediately putting him on power play one, but it's just food for thought, you know? I think ultimately I probably would still default back to Lucas Raymond, but it's just an idea that I think by year's end, Jonathan Bergen could sneak his way on a, one of the two power play units. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I, I have a, I have a hard time believing that like opening night that that's going to be a thing. That would be a heck of a, a jump. Like, you know, the team gets better and he goes to first unit power play. Like that would be a, that'd be a heck of a jump off rip. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind the the opinion that he's going to get looks on the power play this season. I, I think that that's probably pretty likely. It's so, just a matter of whether it's going to be all the way up there or, you know, more. Are of a, we then in agreement that it'll be Lucas Raymond as your. Yeah, probably. Pro- okay. Like, I, I really wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we were checking in in December and, and Daniel Sprong had a majority of the opportunities there, but I think, Oh, like going into camp and whatnot, you know, Raymond's probably the safer. Well, and we talked about it when we did the even strength lines, right? Like we didn't want Raymond and Debrinket to be on the same line because they're offense first guys, like defensively, neither of them have really shown a whole lot, which is, you know, it, yes, it needs to improve, but like, that's what you're getting in these two players. You know, they're both supposed to be, you know, Raymond, a little bit more of a playmaker than maybe Debrinket. Oh, Debrinket can do it too. Um, you know, that's, that's just the type of play you're getting, but on power play, that's kind of okay. Like you're trying to score goals. You want to go all offense when they're shorthanded. So you put Raymond and to bring it together. It's not a bad idea. Um, the question here becomes is who becomes, and it's going to pop up on the second defenseman, but what the Red Wings are probably going to do is put a guy net front. So, and you can put a defenseman net front. I mean, the Red Wings and other teams have done that. I mean, the, I think the Bruins used to love putting Zidane Chara in net front territory, which I always hated because a guy with a cannon like he had should not be net front, especially because he has no hands. Um, But they used him for his screen and his body. And that's where my question becomes, because last year I remember I preached like Raymond was a good net front guy, even though he was small, but his, his hands, he was able to redirect and then corral those rebounds really well. But what do you do? Who do you put net front on the power play? You know, that that's that, it, for me is is probably the biggest question uh, especially on on unit 1 like part of me so originally i was thinking like ghost despair but then i quickly shot that down cuz I, I honestly i think that he's going to be the defenseman on power play 2 uh so i i i don't think that they're going to burn him as just like the you know like big body to throw in front of the net on on uh unit 1 um i don't know man Cause like I mean I'm going all the names I'm going through I feel like have better places on power play too like Comfort I think there's a legit chance that he's uh, like two C uh, for the power play uh, I mean I already talked about Sprong he's gonna be a winger on the power play on two Can I say it Yeah Michael Rasmussen Yeah that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just like the idea, and this is me on my Michael Rasmussen train, and I completely understand that. But, I mean, he's a big body who showed last season. that. No, I think it makes sense, man. I mean, he's more than just a big body now. Like, granted, he doesn't have, like, fantastic hands or whatever. But, you know, he's been 
proved last year that he can be the guy who can maintain maintain the puck, get the puck. Like he's the perfect guy to be net front and go behind the net to retrieve the puck on the power play, things of that nature. I think that that's a good role for him. Uh, the question is, is like, is he going to be delicate enough with the puck to be able to really corral those rebounds? Because that was a big problem we had with like guys like Elmer Soderblom or Oscar Sundquist when they were on the power play. I mean, I, I was pulling my hair out when Oscar Sundquist was on the power play last year because yeah, he was like six foot six or whatever, but he, when the puck came near him, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything with it. Cause he just didn't have the handles for it. I think Mike Rasmussen has better handles than Oscar Sundquist, but I don't think it's, you know, anything su- superb either. He's a great five on five player, but I'd be willing to give him with the breakout year he had last year. I'd be willing to give him a shot on power play one as that net front presence. No, I, I think, I mean, when you're talking about like, big bodies that can fill that role he's really the only person on the team (laughs) like you know what I mean like last year they had several of those guys you know you just named a few and then um yeah I mean honestly as the season went along they just like kept finding you know like big bodies to throw in front of the net there on the power play uh that that's really like the only person that or at least the person that best fits that bill is kind of Rasmussen left and again mm-hmm. it, you can always put a defender there if you really want to but I mean as far as the forward core goes especially like that's kind of the only person so I I really don't hate it yeah and Rasmussen had a ton of uh, garbage goals last year too that front goal so I think that's a good role for him um, let's try and get through power play two pretty quickly here. Cause it's at 17 minutes. I want to get these power plays special teams done before we get to penalty kills, uh, in segment three, um, second line center, second power play center. Who, who are you? I think this feeling? is JT Comfort. I don't think it's much of a conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, Andrew cop, I think is going to be more useful on the penalty kill. Uh, JT Comfort, however, had some pretty abysmal penalty kill numbers, uh, with the Colorado avalanche, despite the fact that he's a pretty solid, even strength, he's pretty solid defensively at even strength, but on penalty kill, he was really bad at the avalanche. Uh, the, but his power play expected goals above replacement was pretty solid. So I think, yeah, that's your second line, uh, power play center. Then I would say for your left wing, you go David Perron. I mean, that's the role he played a lot this past year. And I, that's, he's another goal scorer, right? That's the kind of guy you want there. Yeah, I, I think Perron, and then I, I'm going to re-give a shout. I think Sprong is kind of the slam dunk for right side wing. Yeah, I would say either Sprong or Robbie Fabry, because Robbie Fabry can sure. score goals too, plus him being a lefty. He can uh, like really shoot it from the right side in the power play. But I will defer to you on the Sprong one. Let's let's have a little fun. You know, get the new guys in the mix. You know, let's yeah. not go with the same old, same old completely. Um, let's see here. Uh, Shane goes to spare easy. I think ghost is, is the defender. Yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, that's what his role is. Like that's part of the reason why you signed him is to be that power play quarterback for uh power play one or power play two. And then the question becomes again, net front presence who you, right. <laughs> who you have in. And I genuinely don't know. I don't know either. Like now I'm between Clem Costin or Robbie Fabry. And I'm right. saying Clem Costin just because I he's a pre, I think he's a pretty big guy at least. Let me double check on that before I completely make an ass of myself. Is there a defender you'd be willing to put out there for it? No, <laughs> I don't want Sherrod or anything out there. I mean, uh, like, yeah, Clem Costin's six foot three. You could just go all offense and just do a Wallman Ghost Despair power play too. But like that, you know, like that's not Wallman. You know, if it, if it really is just go stand in front of the net and wreak, wreak havoc, like that's not really what Wallman does. That'd be two, that'd be two quarterbacks out there. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm with you, I guess. I don't really know who else it would be. Yeah, like then unless you want Robbie Fabry out front, but like that you'd want him more along the boards than out front in front of the net. Yeah. Yeah, let's do Clem Cosson. Okay. Screw it. Clem Cosson's your net front guy, six foot three forward. No clue how if that's gonna work out, but this is what I'm talking about. It's hard to especially when it's guys you haven't like seen a lot. Clem Cosson hasn't gotten a lot of playing time with the Oilers. Right. So, but the Red Wings clearly see something in him they like that they had signed him, they trade for him. And then keep him from going to the KHL. Like, there's something there that Eiserman likes. And, well, you know, we're going to trust Stevie on that one. And hopefully don't make an ass of ourselves putting class down on the power play. But we'll see. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to knock out the penalty kill here in one quick segment. So stay tuned to Locked on Red Wings. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's do the penalty kill now. Um, this is interesting. I think it's kind of weird. I it's I think it's pretty easy. Save one player on each line. I can think of three players for each penalty kill unit, except for like that last final fourth spot. You want me to kind of just give you what yeah, I'm thinking? Yeah, give me at least for unit one. I mean, you can just kind of throw the three out there, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, I I think that you know Dylan Larkin has proven himself to be a really good two way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, you as a captain, he should be, it should be expected that he does everything out there and he has proven that he can be, um, penalty kill one. And then on defense, uh, I believe mm, this is, this is going to be tough. So again, cider Sider's really good defensively. Like there that's yeah. more, he's more defensive than he is offensive. The offensive is just such a great boon. And then it comes to, down to the pairs. I, the defenseman I have in mind for my penalty kills. I and mean, don't kill me here. Are guys like Sherratt, Hall, Cider, and Mata. Guys who are supposedly better defensively. But if you have Cider out there, you can't put him with Justin Hall because he's a right side D-man. Do you really want to put Ole Mata with more Cider? Or or maybe it's one of those things where you keep the chemistry together. Because uh, Jake Wallman's pretty good too. You could put Jake Wallman. Maybe I don't have it as figured out as I thought. I thought I did, but not so much. And I'm assuming... For the other forward is the one that you going into this didn't think you had. Yes. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, I think Wallman and Sider should stick together because they have such great chemistry. Sure. I think that that'd be a good penalty kill one. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you certainly give yourself more of an opportunity to like clear the puck with those two guys out there too. Yeah. You know, and like Wallman's proven he's really good defensively too. He's not right. Just yeah. Yeah. Offensively for sure. Gifted. Um, uh, as far as the the last forward spot, uh, he might play unit two center. So like it, it it might just be as simple as that, and I might be overthinking it. But it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me if Cop played unit one wing. Yeah, see, I was thinking Cop would be unit two center because he's like I that's agree. that's his goal. Like that that's his game is he's a two way center. And he could play really good defensively. So, like, that's why I was thinking he'd be, like, your second-line penalty kill center. Totally. Um, and I think Christian Fisher, I mean, you signed him as a penalty kill specialist. He's going to go on one of those two penalty kills. I just it'd be Yeah, different. I think he's unit two, I think. I mean, I agree with you. He Going into it, he was definitely someone I think we all kind of understood was going to be at one of those. And Oli Mata, another penalty kill specialist, another defensive defenseman, I think he'd be good on the left side on unit two as well. But then who do you so have on the these right are your, side? Right, these are your two holes now. Yes. So right now on penalty kill one, we have Larkin, Sider, Woolman. 
And then on unit two right now, we have Fisher, Cop, and Mata. We need one more defenseman for unit two and one more forward for unit one. And it's, right. Yes. <laughs> Correct. I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to think who's defensively responsible on the forward core. And it's not Fabry. It's not Debrinket. <laughs> it's not Raymond. Are we going Clem Costin again? Wow, what a what a versatile what a yeah, versatile well, guy. I, I'm gonna be honest, we're using Clem Costin because we don't know how good or bad he is at those roles. So we're like, well, <laughs> let me look up his player card before because again, I don't know a lot about Clem Costin. <laughs> he had zero. He had three power play minutes last year, and then nice. zero shorthanded minutes. <laughs> He's nice. just a wild card. We don't know. I love that. Uh, geez. I mean, Jonathan Berggren is pretty good both ways, but we've only seen him in short periods of time. Um, I mean, like we can put Rass somewhere. Well, that's a good call. I, you know, cause he's down here in the IR. I keep forgetting that he's here. I think, yeah, that's great. I like that. I like that. Um, and then I would say, either Sherratt or Justin Hall as your PK2. Um, it yeah. being, Mata being a left-handed D, maybe Hall because he's right-handed. I think Hall probably if, yeah. Double. Right, that ended up being easier than we thought. It helps when you're just kind of guessing. Well, yeah, I don't know about easier than we thought, but <laughs> I mean, it. yeah, we, we filled, we filled it. That's for sure. I don't know. Like there's a few guys that, that yeah i mean justin hall played 237 minutes of shorthanded time last year yeah yeah and for he, sure I'm, I'm fine with that for sure and he was a, a plus at expected goals above replacement in that role so i think that that's fine uh mata i like in that role actually i think penalty kill two looks pretty strong i think it's more penalty kill one i'm unsure on you know but We'll I mean, see. I, I kind of like your uh, your where your head is at with the Walman cider, just keeping them together thing. Yeah, chemistry matters, man, and they have it. Like, don't put, you know, you can't just throw guys on a line because their advanced metrics say they're good one way or the other. Which I mean is kind of what we were doing in in some respect. But like, you got to remember, like they play really good together at even strength. So go would go without saying that as shorthanded, they should be good together too. Yeah, um, for sure. And the only reason we're running four forwards is because the Red Wings did that a lot last year on power play. Yeah, they did so, the one three one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's let me go over it one more time for you guys. So the ones who are listening and not watching on YouTube can know what we did. Power play one is Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, Alex Debrinkit, Michael Rasmussen, Moritz Cider. Uh Debrinkit being your bumper, Raymond and Debrinkit being on the wings. Rasmussen is net front presence, and then obviously Cider is your quarterback. Power play two, com- comfort is your bumper, sprung and Perron on either wing. Shane Gostaspere as quarterback and Clem Costin as your net front presence. Penalty kill one, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen, Moritz Sider, and Jake Wallman. Uh, penalty kill two, Christian Fisher, Andrew Kopp, Jake, Justin Hall, rather, and Oli Mata. I could see, you know, Michael Rasmussen can play center too. Like he could center power penalty kill two, too. And then, like, if you take Larkin off altogether, but that's it, you know, I don't want to redo the entire penalty kill two at this point in the episode, but that's just a thought. You know, I think we, we, we're at this point now with Rasmussen that we're so locked in that he can play wing, but I don't think that it's going to be that black and white throughout his career. I think there's going to be plenty of situations where he does slide in at center depending on, well, the For situation. Sure. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, I mean, we've said it a lot already this offseason, but like that's going to happen a lot with a lot of different units and positions on this team. There's going to be yeah. a lot of movement, especially early on. But yeah, that that does it. Scotty, you got any final thoughts on our special teams? No, I mean, I, I, like I'm I'm pleased with with how it turned out here. I'm pleased with uh, with what we got here on, you know, July 18th. But <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it certainly is going to be one of those situations where like the season's going to start and it might look nothing like this. And we look back and we're like, oh, well, you know, hopefully it works out, whatever they end up doing. But um, yeah, just one of those things. It, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be really fluid. Yeah, and I mean, if you guys have your thoughts on what the power plays or penalty kills should be, please let us know in the comments or the reply of the social media tweet, whatever is most convenient to you guys, because I'd love to hear what you guys think, uh, because by no means do we have any idea what the Red Wings are actually going to roll with. We're just trying to give it our best guess, and then there's plenty of opinions out there that say otherwise to what we say, and uh, I think it's really interesting to get what people's ideas are. Yeah, fascinating. So uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with a new episode. You're going to get four up again. You're going to get four episodes this week and then three episodes every week thereafter due to us being in off season mode. So stay tuned to lockdown Red Wings. Uh, Scotty, you got, you got to say your thing. We ball. We do ball. Um, so stay tuned. Same time, same place, your team every day. Every day. Every day.